very good morning good afternoon good evening to all of you my name is bharat and i am over here representing infosec train and guys this is uh, one of our initiatives which we have started for our cybersecurity foundation course and this will be our day one where we are going to basically talk about lots of things so let me just basically start this particular foundation course let me just tell you guys what we have planned for this particular uh, part of one month almost which we will be covering in 32 days 64 hours of content so this particular initiative uh, basically it's been brought you uh, brought to you by infosec train and we are one of the market leading uh, i would say it security and training companies and in, in terms of consultancy and training and over here we are basically uh, delivering one of these particular uh, basic cyber security foundation codes which i believe will be helpful to any individual who is looking out for a change into into their domain or who is willing to start into cyber security so i guess this is something which is going to help all of you guys right and even to those who are already working just wanted to a uh, quick refresher about the things to get up to date i will say that this is something which is going to help you a lot in that particular part so my name is Bharat guys. I'm working uh, as a sub, uh, SME blue team and a senior information security consultant with 10 plus years of experience and uh, having more of, I would say variety of knowledge into multiple domains of cyber security. So I did, I did started my career as an offensive player as a red team attacker, uh, like red team uh, part where we do mimic as an attacker as an offensive player. And then I basically uh, shifted my domain uh, after being a good amount of time into the offensive side. I shifted my domain into the defensive side where I did explore the operations, majorly the security operations and uh, all the services of the defensive side like incident response, forensics, threat intelligence, threat hunting, malware analysis, risk management, SIEM solutions and consultancies. So these are pretty much things which I have basically focused upon so far. So let's do talk about today's part, like what we are going to start with. So this is our domain one networking basics. This entire cybersecurity uh, uh, foundation course has been divided into multiple domains. So we are going to start with networking basics. Then there will be uh, we all as a team member, we wanted to basically contribute to this initiative. So then there will be the next part, which will be presented by one of our elite trainers, defensive security basics. Then we will be having offensive security basics, and then we will be basically moving towards basics of cloud computing because it is one of the necessary part. Then we'll move bit of towards the information security management and that's how we will be wrapping up this entire one month of program 64 hours in 32 days right so this is domain one which we are going to start with today where we are going to talk about networking networking basics so this entire networking will be going around for five days we are going to have five different days and five uh, five different topics like more than five different topics into the networking side so what i'm going to make sure to all of you uh, is that in this particular uh, i would say five days of program we are going to basically touch from the very scratch like we are talking right now on webex how it works what are the methodologies and technologies behind it right so that is something which we are going to talk about 
in these particular five days of networking basics. So our today's agenda basically just sums up four major points. We are going to talk about what is network. Essentially, most of people do know this particular part, but still we are going to cover it in a bit detail. We are going to take certain examples of it. Then we are going to talk about network types, which are rather I would say the examples I was talking about. We are going to talk about various different types of networks. We might be using most of these particular networks already, but we might not be knowing it. So that's where we will be covering this. Then we are going to talk about networking models or rather I would say network models, right? Generally, uh, there are basically uh, models which you guys might have heard about is OSI model TCP IP model. So I'm not talking about those models up over here. Moreover, those are basically the working of network models, right? So moreover, we are going to talk about the model types. What are the networking model types? Then we are going to guys talk about methods of data transmission over here, right? So that will be our two hours of agenda and program. That is our agenda for day one. Let's start with the very first part network. You might have heard about network. We do have networks in mobile phones. We do have networks in our uh, devices like laptops. We do have various different places where networks are there. So network guys, if I do talk about when we are communicating right now. So don't you think we are basically having a network on which we are connected. We are having some shared resources where we are exchanges exchanging this particular voice for electronic communication. Isn't it? So right now when we are talking to each other, that is something which we are connected over a network and you guys are able to hear me, right? So in a very layman's language, if I have to talk about network, what is network? I would rather say that network basically consists of minimum two, but more than two computers or devices that are linked to each other in order to basically share resources, right? Now resources can be anything like share resources. Let's say I want to share a printer. So two or more uh, systems being connected to uh, like one or more system being connected to the printer, right? Or CDs basically. Even if I want to basically exchange a file, let's say uh, I want to exchange a file so I can basically have a network for the same, isn't it? Or allow any electronic communication of two or more devices together. That's what we do call it as a network, right? So the computer on basically a network, let's say a device on a network can be linked via multiple ways, right? It can be tables. If it's a telephone, there can be telephone lines. We do have uh, radio waves. We do have sats that is satellites. We do have infrared light beams. So multiple things are there which we can have as a part of. Network. Make sense. So that is guys what we do call as a network. That's what team we do call it as a network, right? So. It is basically collection of interrelated. Uh, devices. Now, don't you think that if I do remove the IT electronics from it? If we are basically having a connection with two or more people in our society, in our colony where we do live, don't you think that it's a network as well? Social network, we do call it. Isn't it? So collection of any two or more things together can be basically a network, right? If I do have more than two, uh, like if I am communicating with more than uh, one person, there is one me and there is one another person. If we are having something in between uh, a connection, 
that is basically what we do call as a network, right? So similarly, a computer network, if I do uh, repeat it again, it is a group of computing systems that are connected together to allow any sort of electronic communication. Right and network can basically it is the only thing which is basically keeping entire world connected together, right? Let's say if I want to basically send a file to a person sitting in United States from India. Only because of network, it is possible that I will be able to share the resources. I will be able to share the files. I will be able to communicate to the other person who is sitting next in any particular part of world, right? So it allows us to share the information resources like data applications, office machines, internet connections, anything, right? So that is our major part of networks, right? Computer works on binary codes, zero or one, isn't it? So it's all about binary zero and one. So when we do have this zero and one team, this binary language is used by computers to communicate as well, right? With one another. It is always made up about many ones and many zeros that are arranged in certain orders to convey the exact message that computer is trying to basically speak or computer is trying to communicate, right? So that's how network is basically developed and designed in order to exchange or share the resources. Talking about our next part network types. There can be n number of types of networks depending on my need depending on my agenda I can have multiple different types of networks right so network types basically will be involving variety of network designs which are being created together in order to basically understand what sort of requirement I was having and how it was being fulfilled by intercommunicating devices into multiple parts right so we do have LAN that is local area network, WAN that is wide area network, MAN metropolitan, global area network, personal area network, campus area network, storage area network, right? Apart from it, yes, there can be some more. As I say, that network type will be moreover, will be having moreover dependency on the type of communication which I want to establish to the next party, right? So majorly it will be covered in all of these particular categories, but yes, network types are of multiple different varieties. Right, so we are going to discuss all of these things bit more in detail team. So let's start with the first one that is local area network LAN. Every time when two or more devices are communicating, they are using one of these particular network types in order to communicate right it is one of them which they are using in order to basically communicate from one part to another part right it can be maybe within a single premises it can be maybe outside the premises it can be anywhere in the world okay so our first one that is local area network so local area network lan it basically consists of devices or we can say computers and all the related devices that basically wants to share the information but over the same communication line right so that is what we do call it as lan right if i want to basically share a certain information but over the same communication line 
that is what I do call it as LAN. Let me tell you it's more bit more features of LAN, how it is basically being used and all. LAN basically will be consisting of two or more devices being connected or multiple network devices being connected within a limited geographical distance. Let's say I do have my office on first floor, right? And in this particular first floor office, I want to basically share a network connection so that my colleagues can basically share the file from one system to another, right? So the devices over here basically are connected using multiple pro protocols for proper and I would say efficient data exchange, right? And efficient uh, exchange of your services as well, right? So LANs basically does have a transmit speed which is relatively higher than any of these particular ones which you do see. The speed is a bit higher, especially if I do talk about higher speed, it does have higher speed than when and man, especially, right? And LAN also uses your private network addresses for connectivity, for network connectivity to exchange your data and services, right? So it will be using the cables, right? For your network connections, which will be like chances and rate, uh, I would say of errors basically does get decreases in terms of wired as compared to wireless. So LAN mostly will be using your wired like cable connections which will be decreasing the errors and the maintenance of your data security over the network traffic right so that is basically the features of lan right two or more devices being interconnected over a limited geographical area right restricted to a, a particular geographical location like office building or a single department within the corporate office or even your home office these days we are all working from home right so that is what we do call as lan so within this lan team we do have various different advantages and disadvantages if i do talk about of course as, as i say the transmission of your data and services will be higher than other network connections that's an advantage right and your network server in lan basically acts as a central unit for your entire network isn't it so these can be like advantages, but of course, with advantages comes disadvantages, right? So LAN will be needing a constant administration of experienced individuals or engineers for the functioning, because if one goes down, the connection can, if your server basically goes down, the entire connection can be dropped, right? So constant administration of your function uh, services should be there for the proper functioning, right? Of course, it will be complex when you add more and more devices up over there. And leak of sensitive data can be done because if there is an administration which is having a monopoly on your entire network, I would say there can be a probability of leaking up of your sensitive data because everything is passing through that LAN administration, right? So whomsoever is having the control of land administration does have the control of your entire network and that can be a major disadvantage of insider, right? That maybe the data of uh, entire land can be compromised and there can be a major data leak as well. So that is land guys. Now next is guys when. When stands for wide area network. 
right? So a wide area network is one of the most expensive, expensive, not expensive in terms of monetary cost, but expensive, like expanded, right? Expanded type of network configuration. So unlike LAN, WAN is basically having multiple LANs belonging on the same network, right? So WAN is basically connection of multiple networks. I can say all together, which connects the entire world world, right? And WANs are basically restricted to the confines of your city limits. So it's not basically that it will be into your city limits itself, right? Example, the best example, let's say internet from which right now we all are connected. That is basically a wide area network. Some of you guys might be sitting in India. Some of you guys might be sitting in United States. Some of you might be sitting in Australia. Some of you might be sitting in UAE and me over here from India. I am communicating to all of you. That is basically over through a van, right? So van can extend to any area of the globe, right? For example, let me take one more example. For a van, let's say there is an organization with a corporate office in India and they want to connect to a branch located in London, right? They can do that in same van and users in both the locations can obtain the access to the same data, same files, same applications and can communicate with each other, right? So that is what we do call as WAN, wide area network. So the main draw of WAN is to basically provide you the facility for a long distance network connectivity. Understood? An organization basically uses WANs to connect to their to connect to their branch offices, which are located geographically away from your headquarters, right? And it's not like that businesses are the only ones who uses WANs, right? Two third of your globe's population uses internet, right? It is an estimated part which I am talking about. So two third, two third of your globe basically uses the internet, which is world's most popular and largest van today to this date, right? Since we all are connected, that's again, we have already talked about the example of when. Now again, as I talk about the advantages and the disadvantages. So when comes with moreover advantages and disadvantages both. So advantage of course higher geographical area and is used for large distance connectivities it can also like second advantage can be it can basically have radio towers or multiple different sorts of connect channels for the users to connect and communicate disadvantages very high cost to set up and the support of again experienced engineers and technicians is being needed to maintain your network and uh, of course it is less secure because it is very difficult to prevent hacking and debug a large network right so that is something which will be always there in terms of van right benefits large area uh, covered improved performance of course it does have security dedicated links can be there which can increase the safety of your network but Prevention to entire hacking when will be, I would say, a less secure as compared to the other parts. Understood? So that is guys your van wide area network.
next one is guys man metropolitan area network right so man again basically it's a network type of network which does have an interconnection of several lands but it will be limiting through a city right or a town or a municipal uh, municipality right so these things basically can be the part of man so like lands a man can have various wired or wireless connectivity options it can be fiber optics it can be ethernet cables it can be wi-fi it can be cellulars right so all of these things basically can be used in order to create a man based connection metropolitan area based connection right so moreover man is type of network that covers the network connection of an entire city or a connection of a small area let's say i want to have not covering much geographical location that is what we do call as man right so the area covered by the network is connected using multiple different ways right it can be wired networks wireless also right for example we all do use is atm right atms to withdraw the money do you guys know that all these atms basically are atm terminals which are being connected to one major atm gateway which has been located as the chest branch of the bank right so all this network connection like of all the same banks atm into one city can be managed by man metropolitan area network right again if i do talk about advantages and disadvantages it does provides data transmissions for multiple various different channels for devices right and apart from it we can say that the network area which has been covered that can be a part of entire city and some other parts basically can be done using optic cables as well disadvantages if i do talk about there can be like let me just cover uh, let's say municipal entire coverage right can span through entire city efficient networking standards are there high speed connectivity it can give because of fiber optics right fiber optics man will be moreover on fiber optics which is one of the most popular form of man connectivity as well right so man's connectivity basically majorly it's on fiber optics because they provide safe and fast connection data rates understood so what can be the use case of man where i will be using man so same network available in several locations if i want to have right i want to available same network in several locations right so in lan i was able to have a network accessible in one location if i do a multiple locations right let's say one uh, if uh, i am in a big city big metro city i do have one office in one particular part one office in another particular part but i want to connect more than uh, one offices all together that there i can use man someone in chat basically said that government entities use yes of course government entities may also configure man to provide public network connectivity to the users right like we do have municipalities where we do offer free public wifi to the city residents right using wireless man technologies so that is basically in another example bank is another example of course 
now talking about disadvantages of man man basically there can be high probability of attack from attackers and cyber criminals since again it's a large network right it's not something which is small and limited like lan so there are more chances as compared to lan that man can have an attack of and we do need good quality of hardware and installation so that we can basically manage this entire man and of course guys since we are using fiber optics and you do know that fiber optics basically are costly so the installation cost is very high for the man so these are like three major from the list local area network wide area network metropolitan area network right we are going to talk about global personal campus and storage so the global area network gan it basically again so it consists of various different interconnected networks over an again unlimited geographical area right so global area network covers more geographical area than your lan and wan right so multiple different offices multiple different part that can be also called as global area network right so in terms of global area network we will be having majorly the things which will be covering multiple different parts of our geographical boundaries right let's say i do have one office headquartered in india another office in london then another office i might have in uae and then another office in australia right when all of these particular offices does share the same network same connectivity that can be set up using gan global area network gan global area network covers large geographical area which is been used to support for example you can say mobile communications right over a number of wireless lands right when and gan both of them can provide us connections internationally without any geographical boundaries so without any geographical boundaries when i do talk about you can say moreover in terms of gan we can have like again internet can be part of gan right so there is not major difference between the wan and gans gan can have multiple wans into uh, themselves together right so internet however it's not the only computer network of its own kind right there are internationally operating companies also which are using local networks right which are having several wans into them for example fortune 200 companies or fortune 100 companies there are very big companies who might have multiple different wans into their network right and when we do talk about one company's wan been communicating to another company's wan that can be done over again right so there are companies which uh, does have several wans and then any connect company computers basically they can connect to any computer of their company across the world right gan might use again fiber optics infrastructure which will be very costly to set up right and then it can be combined using international undersea cables or maybe satellite transmissions as well so moreover when which we dis we discussed that it was connecting multiple geographical locations into one part same as gan is doing 
when is unlimited in terms of principle if i do talk about gain can have multiple unlimited together into that right when i combine two or more van together you can say that that's my global area network so next one is tan personal area network all of you guys might have used mobile hotspots to connect to your devices at least one time so in this personal area network to enable the data exchange like uh, especially if i do talk about smartphones tablets laptops your computers into an integrated network and this can be basically in terms of wired it can be wired in terms of pan right personal area network one of the most common transfer if i do talk about transfer techniques in terms of pan is you guys might have used pen drives right usbs to have a connection so that can be basically an example of pan that's a personal network communication between your usb device and your device right a firewire can be another example so pan basically can be using wireless usbs we do have bluetooth we do have wi-fi's z waves zigbees all these can be basically the example of pan right so in personal area network if i do talk about personal area network it refers to in layman's language i am saying one more time it refers to interconnection of devices within a certain range of distance let's say someone can connect to a laptop a mobile phone like wirelessly via bluetooth right that can be in one example or maybe i have to physically plug any device into any other device that can be basically so that is guys your personal area network next we do have is campus area network all of you guys are campus graduated some of you guys might be still in your colleges right you might have seen uh, where you do used to live in hostels you were having internet connections or maybe wired connections to the computers in your domes right in your rooms even in your libraries you were able to access the uh, connectivity between your entire university's network area right so that is what we do call as campus area network can right so in campus area network we do have multiple different types of like moreover you can say that in campus area network a network basically being created by connecting lands together within a specific geographical area that what that's what we can call it as a campus area network right so all of your networking equipments and transmission medias are owned by basically your campus owner let's say i do have my college where i do have multiple buildings right even i do have those buildings that have classrooms even i do have hostels that is the dorms where students do live i do have library i do have cafeteria when in connection between all these particular devices are being done because each of them will be having lan right there will be a separate lan for the hostel there will be a separate lan for the buildings there will be a separate lan for the library so when i am connecting all these lans together and i am controlling it from one centralized unit that is from my campus owners part that is what we do call as campus area network so this is guys another part of your type of network what we do call as campus area network people do also call it as campus network right instead of can some people might call it as 
campus area network when you are connecting those dispersed lens together into one phase so that is campus area network like man's campus networks or campus area network also extend the coverages to buildings in the close proximity right and the difference between two configurations like the campus networks can help you to connect the lens within the limited geographical area while if i do talk about man because it is closely related to man instead of land it is closely related to man the only difference between can and man is can can help you to connect to multiple lands within a limited geographical area and whereas man can connect the lands in large area i am talking about in terms of area in terms of let's say a city or a town right so man will be having all the lands which you can have in a city or town let's say a bank and having multiple branches together in the same city or town that can be part of man but if i do have two buildings together and i want to manage the network that will be cam campus area network right so campus area network can be from 1 kilometers to 5 kilometers while man can go beyond or can extend up to 50 kilometers as well let's let's take one more example to understand lan LAN is basically when I'm having a connection into my one department. Let's say sales department is connecting all together, right? In an organization that can be over one LAN. Then there is operations team. They might be having one single LAN. When I'm using having multiple different teams, which are having multiple local area networks, LANs together, and I want to manage them as a centralized unit, I can set up campus area network. Then guys, there is SAN. Storage area network. If some of you guys might have uh, worked in data center, you guys would be able to relate it. So storage area network, it's basically specialized for high speed network connectivity bit uh, network between your network access devices and your storage devices, right? So SAN basically it's a network that provides the access to your storage devices. You do have servers, databases, right? If you want to connect to those particular databases, you use SAN, storage area network. It can compose of multiple hosts, switches, storage elements, all these things together. And variety of technologies, topologies and protocols can be there. And SAN may basically have multiple sites as well, right? So let's say I do have my data centered in one geographical location and I want to access those particular servers data stores from one another geographical location. I can use SAN. That is storage area network, right? Now it's a dedicated high speed network that connects your servers to your storage devices, right? It's provide it provides you the block level access to your data and allowing your servers to basically read and write from those storage devices at the block level itself. Something which we do use over there is what we do call as RAID, RAID storage systems. So that is one part guys up over there. SANs basically are mostly being used in enterprise level environments where high speed access to data is one of the major critical parts, right? Every organization do need high speed connectivity. To your. Devices up or there. How you can use SAN and cybersecurity. 
now let's say you do have your file server database server mail server right you want to keep accessing this particular data all throughout the part you're a big company so you do have all of these particular servers which wants to communicate to your database real time for example anyone who is trying to log in i need to check in my database whether the credential exists or not right so i need the high speed connectivity between my server file uh, like login server and within my storage right so i will be using san which will be having block level access which will be giving the connectivity to my storage services like it can be raid it can be optical storage or any sort of tape library so using my san as a protocol i can connect my server to my storage devices let's say raid is having my storage like my database are being stored in raid right i do have database in which username and passwords are there for example so any user who tries to log in via san i can check whether the user's credentials are correct in my database or not and that's how i can allow the access or not right that can be one of the examples for san storage area network it is dedicatedly tailored for your network specific environment to your servers to your storage systems it can be via switches softwares and services so that is guys your san storage area network next we all are right now if you do check your mobile phones 90% of us will be connected to wi-fi right we all do have wi-fi at our home at our workplaces so we do have something which we do call as wlans wireless local area network so when we do talk about wlans these are wireless lands which has surpassed your traditional lan it was more over cabled one right but over here in terms of popularity of course it has surpassed your traditional lan but wired lans always remains more secure and reliable as we have discussed already wired lans basically will be using physical cables like ethernet and switches and when we do talk about wlans right they uses your wireless routers your access points to get interconnected to your network de devices via radio frequency waves right so we do have multiple different encryption me mechanisms in order to secure these wireless networks because by default wireless networks are not secured at all and in order to provide a good amount of security we do use security protocols and encryption good amount of uh, like good amount of encryption standards to secure our wireless networks right so that is basically one thing wi-fi's are one of the most common use cases of your wireless lans wlans right we do use radio signals to connect to multiple devices in a single location right so wi-fi can be basically one of the examples for your wlans okay so these are guys majorly the types of networks which we had discussed up over right all of them wlans and missing from this list but yes it's majorly the part of lan itself but i have covered it separately this particular part guys is where we have completed two or 
major parts networks and network types we are going to talk about network models and data transmission right so when we do talk about networking models we are going to talk about majorly in terms of network models what are various different types of network models up over here so in this we are going to talk about p2p and client and server model right so most of us over here maybe in our college times or maybe now we all might have downloaded some sort of movies or games from torrents right which is not considered as a like we can say which is not considered as at all a secure network right but the technology which these torrents were using were basically one of these particular network models itself so we are going to discuss all of these network models bit more in detail up or here so in this we are going to basically talk about both of these two types network models <coughs> that is your peer to peer and then client server so let's start with p2p we do also call it as peer to peer network models so in terms of peer to peer network models guys it is a type of networking architecture where computers are connected and communicating with each other directly without any need of any central so central server when com computers are basically connected to each other directly that is what we do call as p2p network right 1980 to be exact is when this peer to peer networking model basically comes into the business right followed by deployment in early 1980s of free free uh, standing pcs basically so in peer to peer network traffic there is no central authority then the own computer itself each computer control its own resources that communicates directly with the other computers right so using peer to peer network model in terms of operating systems communicate to each other directly let's say on my system i am hosting certain files and i am giving directly access of my system or those particular resources or files directly to your system without any central server that's what we do call as peer to peer network traffic right so entire network like uh, each computer on the network basically it's responsible for controlling the access of your of its own resources right since there is no centralized architecture in between so these computers generally are known as nodes right or the host on your network which form a logical group of computers and the users that share the resources are basically connected over a p2p peer to peer communication for example there can be a peer to peer network traffic between a windows a linux a mac os desktop communicating to each other so that can be basically one of the major reasons for peer to peer networking right so if all computers in your peer to peer network are running on windows operating system it can be basically shared in terms of file sharing generally we do have network network share access right 
So that is an example of peer to peer because each computer maintains a list of users and their right on that particular computer will be allowing a user to access the networks local resources. So on Windows, if you do have network shares, you can basically say that that is an example of peer to peer network traffic, right? So using a particular work group. Each computer can maintain list of their users and their rights on that particular computer and then computer can allow the user. On the network to access the local resources based on the rights being given. So that is what we do call as peer to peer network traffic. So generally if you do download uh, any sort of movies, any sort of games or softwares from even torrent websites, it is generally being said that these are basically very less secure or totally insecure reason being because torrents basically uses these two particular like this peer to peer methodology where there is one system which is directly communicating to your system. So there is no centralized authority in between who is governing that particular network access, right? So that's why the malicious or the attackers basically can host the malicious softwares on their uh, system which can have directly a peer to peer communication to your system and that malware can be directly transmitted into your system. That's why downloading something from torrent is being said as it's basically not secured, right? That is one of the major reasons. They are very simple to configure. They can be used in any environment where technical expertise is not that much required. For example, hosting a web server, HTTP web server like HFS on my system and then sharing those particular files to all over the people in my network. That can be an example of peer to peer network, right? Disadvantages, of course, there are several disadvantages. They are not scalable, first of all, which means that if peer to peer network grows larger, adding or changing significant elements in our network may be difficult, right? And it's not necessarily secure, meaning in simple installation, for example, data and other resources shared by a network user can be discovered and used by unauthorized people as well, right? There are certain ways how these things can be basically used, right? And they are not basically moreover, I would say practical for connecting more than few computers because it is too time consuming to manage the resources on your network. For example, you want to set up a file server. So a server in a computer uh, basically will be hosting. There should be one service that should be hosting that particular data or resources on your device. Then file server basically will be having your uh, files folders of over there. Then you have to basically create accounts and for each accounts there should be rights. So all these things basically becomes less manageable for us to manage into a large network. So that's why P2P is not something which is being considered a more, right? Then there is guys, this next one, client and server. So you see this particular image, this one was peer to peer. Every device was connected to one another, right? Now in client and server, there will be one server, centralized server, one authority, which will be communicating to all the devices. So that's what basically makes a client server network model. Right. 
So this is what it makes as a client server network model. So in this client server network model, which is also sometimes called as client server architecture or client server topology. This one. There will be. Basically. An architecture where multiple clients or computers or devices will be connecting to a centralized server that provides various different services and resources, right? It offers basically your centralized management, which simplifies your administration. In this client server network model architecture, basically there will be one centralized repository or a directory or a database that can be managed by one or more servers, of course. And then it can be basically given the access of that particular thing to all the devices within our network, right? So there will be multiple clients which will be making requests to one centralized server and that server will be re responding to all those particular service requests. For example, Windows servers basically controls your network access to the group of computers, right? That is generally being called as domains in Windows, right? Or Windows domain. So the centralized database that contains all the user account information and security related information for that entire group of computers. That's what we do call it as guys active directory, isn't it? So each user on the network has uh, has his own domain, right? And according to its own domain level account, it has been assigned by your network administrator that is basically being kept in your active directory, right? It can be a local account. It can be specific to that particular domain or it can be a cloud resource or it can be a Microsoft account as well, right? So user on that signs on that particular network will be having the access rights which will be in your centralized repository that is active directory and based upon your active directory domain services the access to the uh, data and the resources is being allowed to that particular user right so client server will be for example there is one centralized server facebook now it does have multiple different clients right you are accessing your own account on the facebook I am accessing my own account on the Facebook. So that's a client server network model. So over here we do have centralized authority to manage our data and other resources for all the number of clients and over here we can even ensure that authorized access user access are being there on the network, right? We can control what types of uh, resources, what types of files basically a user can open, can read or can access. We can restrict when or even we can restrict from where users can access that particular network. Right? We can basically write certain rules in this particular type of architecture that will allow the computers to communicate accordingly. And even in some situation, we can supply various different files to the clients from the server itself, even when requested by the server, right? So various different things basically requests are being made from the client let's say you all are the client and i am your server so whatsoever request you are making i am as a centralized authority i am re uh, responding to those particular services that's what we do call it as client server network these are more complex in their design and these are more complex in terms of maintenance as per your peer-to-peer -peer networks right they offer many advantages over your peer-to-peer -peer network. So using user accounts, 
your passwords to your network for multiple different resource access based uh, role uh, role based access controls or you can say your access control based your network communication all these basically can be the example of it can be set up inside your client server network architecture so these were guys two different types of networking models now after discussing types of network why these networking models were important was because these networking models are the part itself which will be helping us to understand how devices do communicates to each other within these various different types of models which we have discussed right so networking models only it's going to help us that how these devices are going to communicate right there is one word before i do move ahead there is one word topology So overall, if I do say topology guys in a layman's language, it describes how the parts of the whole network works together, right? So whenever you are studying network, right? You need to understand both the physical topology of your network and the logical topology of your network because topology is important. It will be helping you to understand two things. That is how your network works and as a whole how your network works together right so if i do talk about physical topology i will just use this particular paint slide up over here to explain we'll talk about physical and uh, logical both so physical topology you can say that all of your networks hardware it mostly refers to your network's hardware and how other devices like computers and any other devices and the cables basically fit together. I would say hardware side. Right. So you can say entire of your network's hardware and how computers, other devices and cables basically are been working together to form your physical network that what we do call as physical topology understood then there is guys logical topology like in physical we were having hardware and as the name suggests logical is going to be a bit different so it has to do with the softwares how to access the network how the access of network is basically being controlled how users and programs will be gaining access to the network even how specific resources they will be having access let's say i am a manager so on network what sort of access i will be having how i will be accessing that particular network what are will be the applications and the databases which i will be able to access all these things basically will be the part of logical topology right so it has to go for the software side i would say so software and logical connectivity of network resources 
you can say it's part of your network logical topology how you will gain access to which application you will gain to which specific resources you will be gaining on a shared network that's what your logical topology will be deciding so these were like two things which i thought that you should be knowing because when we are talking about networking models topology is one of the common words which you will be hearing again and again team right so that's what our this third topic was now fourth topic methods of data transmission now before proceeding to the methods of data transmission data is information information can be something different data can be something different right raw so raw facts or figures basically it's a normal definition of data and how you will define data in terms of network so let me basically just explain you these few things we do have devices we do have physical medias right it is something which is off the topic because all of these things basically will be having certain types of data being transmitted to each other right so we do have devices we do have physical media we do have network adapters nos network operating systems nodes are there servers are there network segments are there we do something we do have something which we do call as a backbone right we do have clients we do have host so all of these things are there right and between these things majorly between these things like your devices physical media server nodes your client host there is something which always keeps on going on that is what we do call as data transmission it is basically the reason why we are intercommunicating so that we can exchange various different things right so data transmission generally happens between two or more different devices right and generally we do have internet we do have uh, intranet right majorly these are the things which we do have up over there so whenever we do have any sort of data transmission right so data transmission will be always between two or more devices right so let's do understand two different types of data transmission the digital data transmission the analog data transmission let's start it from very basic very scratch right this is going to data is basically you can say the resource which you want to basically communicate right now we are talking i am giving you the information about network so this, this is the data which i want to i want to transmit to you right so in this data transmission methods or methods of data transmissions are going to help us to identify what methods are being used to transmit the data from one place to another so as a network professional or a network engineer you will be always expected to monitor your network performance right and you will be always expected to have a appropriate response time right as per like if you are working as a network engineer all of you guys might be agreeing to this particular part that you will be always expected to monitor your network performance in your response time right that means the manner in which your data is transmitted from let's say bharat's device to sam's device right so the manner in which data is transmitted between 
one node to another node on your network can significantly affect the network traffic and the performance right so when i do talk about how data is going to be transmitted that thing is going to impact my network's performance if it is slow then network might be slow if it is fast network might be fast right so we need to understand the characteristics and the potential uh, i would say effects of your network transmission methods or network traffic transmission methods which are being implemented on our networks so that we can support and understand the impact on our network of our data transmission right so in terms of data transmission together it is just a exchange right it is exchange of data among different devices or computers through a network like when you give basically a call to someone just in layman's language do you guys know how does calling works if you are basically giving someone a call let me show you a easiest simplest architecture so let's say there is basically a person so this person is basically let's say in delhi and he wants to basically send someone message to someone in goa right or he wants to basically make a call so the ne nearest tower to this particular person that is base station it will be basically sending the call to your pstn right public switch switched telephone network which will be deciding the route to the person and then it will be locating the nearest tower to that particular person and that nearest tower basically will be signaling your phone that the call is coming and when this conversation is happening there are there is one protocol which you all might have heard about voip right this voip protocol is being used and within this voip there is two protocols the one is sip and the one is rtp when you call someone if the ring goes right or if the phone is switched off right if you are hearing the caller tune all this is because of sip session initiation protocols responsible for connecting your call starting your call and ending your call session initiation protocol as soon as call gets connected and you hear the voice hello that is because of rtp real time protocol these days we are using srtp secure rtp so that communications can be secured so srtp or rtp is being used to exchange the voice and data right now if you are able to hear me it is because of srtp understood so that's how generally your calling works so this data transmission sip srtp data transmission it involves transmission of voice transmission of data and even sometimes like it's not just about calling i'm talking about data transmission as a whole even non voice information let's say i send i send you some sort of image graphics audio text or video over the network right so anything which is being transmitted or exchanged from one network to another that is what we do call as data transmission and most of your data transmission takes place through the networks and the term data networks basically is synonymous as networks right so that is what we do call as guys all as data transmission so 
as soon as the data is being generated in some cases it is to be transmitted as soon as it's been generated so in that such cases data is instantly basically converted into network compatible format and transmitted without being stored either in your main memory or either on your disk that's why we do have specific tools to capture that data traffic right so when we do talk about data transmission the one is based on digital signals and the one is based on analog signals so signal basically rather than saying digital data transmission analog data transmission i would say digital signals and analog signals now what is a signal basically you need to understand that first so signal you can say that is a data that has been transmitted as a electromagnetic pulse right across your entire network any network medium it's an electromagnetic pulse which is being sent across a network medium it can be analog or it can be digital analog that means it's a continuous wave right analog means continuous waves are being sent or digital which uses discrete values right so we are going to discuss both of them over here let's start with let's start with analog first and then we'll we can come back to digital as well right so analog signals basically are these are basically uh, being sent in terms of waves can you see guys this particular waves right continuous waves of your electromagnetic or optical energies are being sent in terms of analog signals and the intensity of signals is generally being measured in terms of volts right and if i do talk about digital to be exact up over here it can only have one discrete value right it can not one it can only have a discrete value like zero or ones or some specific voltage which represents the presence of any signal or the absence of any particular signal right so the sequence of zeros and ones in digital data are being translated into digital transform and that's how it's being sent so as i mentioned guys analog transmission basically uses continuous signals that varies on amplitude that varies on phase or another features which are proportionally proportionally being used to variable let's say to transmit any voice or to data or image or any sort of videos right of course like vsets rf links right so generally you do hear fms right in your cards in your mobile phones you do have fms radios so that is an example of analog data transmission right so there is an analog source using an analog modulation techniques like fm or am it might be basically it might involve no modulation basically at all so in terms of analog data transmission there is amplitude distance through of wave from the midpoint of your waveform right this particular part this thing is what we do call as amplitude right is amplitude is the one half of your overall distance from its peak through the wave right that's what we do call as amplitude 
there is something which is also known as cycle cycle is one complete oscillation of your analog signal going in and out there are frequencies frequencies generally people do understand it uh, it has been measured in terms of hertz right which is basically one cycle per second frequency can also basically a period between uh, uh, it can be also called as a period of a wave that can be also called as a frequency right so in analog data transmissions we do have waves being sent continuous waves and that will be basically one of the parts of analog and there will be wavelengths distance between two successive crest through that is what we do call as wavelengths as well right so these are terminologies which are being used in your analog signals right or analog data transmission now coming to your digital so digital transmission basically you uh, as i mentioned earlier digital transmission uses voltage differences to represent the ones and zeros right so there will be a different volt for zero there will be a different volt for one right and various different encoding methods are being used to convert your data into digital waveform and each bit basically takes a predefined time to be transmit right and the sender and the receiver basically synchronizes their clocks right the sender and the receiver synchronizes their clocks and that's how the bytes are being transferred 010101 encoded being set in digital waveforms and then decoder is there which converts the digital waveforms into digital data and it's been received received by the receiver in real time right so the reason why do we sync the time clocks basically it's because the pattern like we do synchronize our clocks either by transmitting the bit pattern which we do have or by monitoring the reception of your first byte you can basically sync your clocks and accordingly it can be transferred right so digital can only have a discrete value in terms of zeros or ones and it can be managed zero will be having a different voltage one will be having a different voltage and the sequence of zeros and ones is the digital data that will be translated into these waveforms using encoder and will be de decoded these waveforms using decoders so you can say one it can be a positive or a negative voltage level and zero can be on a different voltage state and accordingly it is basically being converting your entire data into this binary part clear so that is guys what we do call as digital data transmission okay so consider it in this way like if you are using digital data transmission in terms of digital data transmission your data is uh, basically in forms of zeros and ones it is being converted like zeros and ones cannot travel from one part to another computers do understand zeros and ones so we do use encoders to convert that zeros and ones into waveforms right this particular digital signal which you are seeing up over here right it converts it into the waveforms and these waveforms are further being decoded on the receiver's end 
and then being decoded in the same digital data which was being used for transmit like which was intended to transfer decoded and the receiver system understands this zeros and ones and that's how communication or the data basically is being transmitted of course there can be multiple different transmission methods like there can be unicast there can be broadcast multicast anycast so multiple different things basically can be the part of data transmission right and transmission speeds will be varying again it can be based upon bit rates right it can be based upon baud rates right so that is something which further you can deep dive into this particular data transmission as a topic so this was guys our part and our intention of this entire agenda for today that is networking models methods of data transmission and all right